lot of good energy here today and enjoying the smiles, the handshakes, the hugs. Amen. All indicative of what the kingdom of God is all about. Good to see you here today. Amen. And I know it's spring break week and several families are out and everybody thank God for this week. And several families are on their way home from wherever they were driving to and enjoying the week. And to all who are online, God bless you richly. I pray that the presence of God, amen, get through the technology and embrace you today. Amen. We're still on uh, the message that we started a couple of weeks ago. And I'm going to give you point one so I can say I did it. Amen. We, we all want to facilitate God's interest in others. And the first thing that has to happen to, to really help us get there is we must make a choice. Amen. Free will is involved in our relationship with our Father. He will not make us do anything. Amen. And He gives us free will and choice. Now, he's encouraging us to choose life. Amen. I'm tempted to choose death. Don't even, you wouldn't call it, it's great what I'm choosing. It's wonderful. But it's not life. And when we say, amen, life at New Life Fellowship, life, capital L-I-F-E, choosing life means really you're choosing faith. The one thing that pleases God is faith. Amen. God's not asking anyone in this room to prove anything to anybody. He is asking for us, amen, for our availability so that he can come to the heart that he wants to live in and have relationship and fellowship with and from the place of his abode, our hearts, amen, he can prove all that needs to be proved. Amen. Have you ever been around someone that, you, that had something, amen, as far as presence that, man, I don't know what you got, but I need that. Amen. That, that's, that's, that's evidence of something more powerful than the world that we're living in. Amen. Has anybody ever figured out this body and how it works? Uh, and how your heart pumps and how you breathe and you exist. And it's uh, as much as the intelligent people of our world would like to figure that out, they haven't figured it out yet. And scientists have all concluded there's a missing link. And uh, you can have fellowship and relationship with that missing link among the science, scientists of our world. God truly exist and the presence in this room validates that and let me say it this way so you can help him experience it maybe even more true love doesn't have to declare itself not true love now when you truly love from the agape dynamic you know, your, your, your ability and your flesh, the filio-type love, is, it's real, but it's limited. But true love does not have to declare itself. 
Matter of fact, Jesus makes it very clear that if we will declare him before men, then in the next realm, the spirit realm that you can't see into, he will personally declare us before the angels. I mean, that's not like a deal to me. Especially if I might be missing out on something that's very significant to fulfillment in my life. Amen? Anybody want to be fulfilled? Everybody does. We pursue it every day. Everybody's pursuing. Nobody gets up with any ill intent to have an issue with anybody or to fuss with anybody. We're not wanting to cause trouble. We might cause some trouble, though, right? But we get up with pure intent. We want to be happy. We want to be fulfilled. We want to enjoy living. We want to have healthy relationships. I mean, the more we talk about it, we begin to realize there's just certain things that there is no law against, right? The fruit of the Spirit, every bit of the fruit of the Spirit, you know, that fruit, it's one fruit, but it has these wonderful attributes, nine of them, that there is no law against it because everybody is attracted to the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Even the ones that nailed him to the cross 2,000 years ago found him very, very, very attractive. They really couldn't find anything wrong with him at all because there wasn't. They could falsely accuse him, and then they could deny the truth that was standing before them, but he was not someone that you felt repelled from. You just wanted to be in his presence because we're wired to host him. Amen. And so we're, we're picking up with seek ye first. Amen. The old Christianese King James, seek first the kingdom. And uh, if, if you've been paying attention, that's really synonymous of his presence. Mm. In his presence, there is fullness of joy, fullness of joy. Fullness of joy means you, you can't get any happier than that. You can't have more fulfillment than that. I mean, it's just testimony after testimony of testimony after testimony, healthy relationships, health in the body. Your spirit man is just, yes, on fire, right? In his presence, there is spirit and fire, empowerment, to be a witness in a world that needs a witness of the king. Amen. Now let me ask you a question that's very important. And this question will get you ready to hear what daddy really wants you to hear today and me. And I'm not preaching that nobody remember I'm dealing with the guy in the mirror. And it's been so healthy for me to address him. Get that guy straight and you ain't got a problem with nobody else. The only reason I have a problem with anybody is because I got a problem in the mirror. Y'all catch that, you'll have fun the rest of your life. As long as, and people are doing pretty interesting stuff in the world, right? Politics is kind of messed up. And it looks like people are just goofing up and goofing off and messing up and causing all kind of trouble. And we could put a lot of names on that, couldn't we? But at the end of the day, when you lay down to go to sleep, that ain't the problem. 
The problem starts with the guy in the mirror. Does God, does our Heavenly Father, does the Holy Spirit, God is Spirit, does He have access to His house? That's the problem. Get that guy in the mirror where he belongs, and Jesus can do even greater works than he did when he come in flesh. Or he's a liar, and I'm pretty sure he don't lie. That guy in the mirror, though, won't stop lying to me. Trying to convince me to pet him. And so, have you ever loved someone or something and you didn't get a response back from the love you gave? How did you feel? Hmm, isn't that interesting? Have you ever loved someone or something and you got a response back that was like, yes? How did that make you feel? I'm going to ask you a question today. How does it make God feel? When he loves us like he loves us, he gives it all, and we won't respond. And still in all, I hadn't found in the Scripture yet where he told anybody to go to church. He did ask us together so that the church can manifest, though. He did say that. So my attendance on Sunday or whatever day you gather does not determine salvation. What determines salvation is his residence. Is God in his house. Okay? Now, when God's in his house, there's certain other things that can't be in his house. And right now, we are dealing with a Christian world that has all kind of extra guests in the house the enemy does go to church now if the church lets him in the church needs to make some decisions and I'm talking about I'm a member of the body of Christ I'm going to read you some things that the Spirit of God prompted holy men to write as they were moved on by the Holy Spirit. And those things, those principles do not change. Remember, seek ye first the kingdom, presence. Amen? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For King James, Holy Ghost, right? The presence of God. And so if I house and host the presence of God the way I'm designed to host it, when I show up at HEB, what happened? The kingdom of God has arrived. Because we're ambassadors of our Father. We're priests and kings. We're children of our Father. And we've been given authority, dominion, and power through spirit and fire and be baptized in his name. Amen. 
So choosing faith is valid. I'm going to read you a few that some of you can quote it, but I want to prove to you I can still read from my notes. Amen. Amen. And it says it this way in Hebrews 4 and 12. Now, don't, don't forget that being delivered to support God's interest in others is a painful process. You have to address the person in the mirror and get them free. Amen. So that they're able to get past the challenges that come with relationships that God intends on being healthy. Hebrews 4 and 12 says that this is, we have this, the living word of God, which is full of energy like a two-mouth sword. It, it, it even penetrates to the very core of our being where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It, it interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. So the living word of God today wants to reveal motives that you don't know are not from heaven. They sound good, they look good, but those motives does not come out of the heart of your creator, your heavenly father. All right. So in choosing faith, Romans 1.17 says it this way. The gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness. The gospel does. Don't forget that. Don't have the gospel. You can't have a continual revelation of God's righteousness. Anybody want to have an ongoing revelation of the goodness, amen, the perfect principles and precepts of who really God is? You want that? It takes you understanding after you hear the gospel that God is going to bring one revelation after the next, a perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. And it moves us from receiving life through faith to power, to the power of living by faith. This is what the scriptures means when it says we are right with God through life-giving faith. Amen. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ produces the kind of faith that pleases him. <sighs> Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith brings our hopes into reality. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Does anybody have any hope today? If you have any hope, you have faith. Apart from hope, you don't have faith. You have hope, there's possibilities now. And the presence of God is the one that gives hope. The enemy cannot give it. He's not designed. He's not a, he can't do it. He's a liar. Now, he can lie to you and make you wish for a million dollars in your checking account. But when you get a word from heaven and you know something you can't explain, 
everything's going to be all right. Amen. I'm seeking first the kingdom. I'm hosting the presence of God. I don't have to worry about food on the table. I don't have to worry about the clothes on my back. I don't have to worry about getting from point A to point B. Amen. I seek the kingdom. I host the presence of the one that put me together, and he adds all those things. So we've come to realize that if you're still trying to figure out how to get more money in your bank account and, and to put food on the table and what clothes you need to wear, it, as long as there's a little bit of worry and frustration over trying to provide for yourself, you've been duped. You've been sucked in by a lying spirit. Amen? And uh, you're not seeking presence. You're not seeking the kingdom first. Have I done that before? Yes. So I'm not preaching to nobody. I'm letting you know what I know about my personal walk through life and how God has been setting me free, amen, and, and helping me make more room for him to come be Lord in his house. Amen. And I found out when he's in charge of his house, he encourages everybody around me. Amen. Faith. Faith makes the difference. How many of you found out that uh, the driving need to understand what Jesus says isn't all that? Pretty much everything he says is kind of like, what did he just say? But when you host his presence and he speaks, it really don't matter. He said it, hey, I can't figure it out. Must be the best thing for me. Let's hold on. We're fixing to have a journey. Testimonies are about to be born. Right? And you find out that that's how his children go with him. How many children would like to figure mom and dad out when you was growing up? Best thing is just hang out. <laughs> It'll all take care of itself. And that's a carnal illustration of a heavenly thing. Our daddy wants to provide, take care of, blow our mind, give us the kingdom. And all he's asking for first is make a choice. Amen. But I'm one of those kids that was growing up, I was always trying to be in charge. And daddy was very, he was a perfect Biological data for me, he kind of helped me get delivered of that idea that I need to be in charge. Didn't change me from wanting to be productive and move forward in life and do something, amen, and, and build. He didn't kill that, but he did help my attitude. Does anybody need an attitude adjustment? Well, I, I, I'm, again, I'm talking about the guy in the mirror. Amen. So, the idea of what must I do to have the best that God offers still remains intact to this day. That question was asked 2,000 years ago at an out, outpouring of God's spirit and fire. And I, I want to just begin to read you some things that's very important in Scripture so that you know that I'm not just making this up as in the Bible. Very important for you to know this. Why is there so much confusion, sin, divorce, evidence of darkness among many that profess to be followers of Christ? 
How is it that the enemy has such a place in the Christian world? What's going on for the fruit of the Spirit, which God says, you know the tree by the fruit it bears, but I'm a follower of Jesus, but there's no evidence of that fruit. There is evidence of hate, offense, lust, pride, shame, guilt, all kind of spiritual names that go with that. And we're doing things that's not in alignment with the character of the one who we say is our father. What is going on? Now, since Jesus said, come unto me, you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, my yoke is light and easy. I've talked to many of them, and I even talked to the guy in the mirror before a bunch of times because there was times it wasn't light and easy, and that wasn't God's fault. It was the religious lie that I was entertaining that I thought was a God thing, and it found out it wasn't. And it was weighing heavy on me. It was an idea of what I thought and who I thought God was, but it wasn't him. You know the enemy's good at putting the mask on, disguising himself to appear to be an angel of light, an apostle of Christ. Did y'all know that? In Christianity, it gets suckered in. Now, I'm going to help some of you today because it helped me realize something. The prince of this world would not have crucified the Lord of glory had he known what was going to happen. Worst thing the prince of this world could do was get involved in the crucifixion of Messiah because all that did was explode because it produced and it facilitated a demonstration of love on a level like never before. And Jesus took on that lying spirit that had been lying to Adam and Eve since the very beginning. And that spirit thought he was winning, but he lost. And Jesus took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. I know that's good preaching material, but we got to catch the message and the miracle that God wants to do if we begin to realize, oh, that's what's going on. That's why I'm dealing with offense, hate, issues with people that God's in love with. Amen? Shame, guilt, lust, and the list goes on. All these are, as the Lord began to show me, you know, that's low-level demon activity. I know that's not a popular word in our culture, but... We're calling it what it is. We can call it lies, deceptions, manipulation. You know, power and control is a big thing in our world right now. And humanity, without God, just can't help it. We've got to go after power and control. It's fallen nature to want to be in charge. And if you go, if you got to be in charge and you need to have power, you're going to manipulate. You're going to deceive. Dog-eat-dog dog world, right? 
First come, first serve. The early bird gets the early worm. And I, and I know, and, and that sounds all good because I'd get up early and I'd go to work and I didn't realize that I was being motivated by something else. And it wasn't fulfilling me, even though I would rise up early if I was you. It's good to get up early and it's good to work. If you don't work, you don't eat. Of course, our culture don't believe that right now. It's coming around. I know, I, I know we're laughing, having fun, but the, the reality of it is spiritual wickedness is real. Lies are real. Amen. Our country is hurting because not of truth, but because of, amen, lies. Masks are being put on, deceptions, propaganda, all kind of stuff going on for the, for the purpose of power and control. True? And so I, I, I challenge you today about this thing called faith and what God is asking from us, the need to know and understand God, you need to get delivered from that today. What pleases God is faith. Faith is not faith if you can understand I understand this much. I need faith. <laughs> That's about as far as you can go with faith. I understand I need it. But then to understand it, the enemy will trick you. Pursuing the understanding of faith, the only way you, I would pursue that is relationship. Host his presence. Hang out with him. And when it's time for you to have understanding, he gives it. But in the meanwhile, he's wanting you to do some worship. What does that worship equal? Trust. God wants a response back for the love that he gave. He's asking for trust. Would that be true? And the least I can do is say, okay, I'm going I'm to I'm put this to the test. I'm going to trust you, Lord. And he's like, I'll go with that. Just jump two foot into my hands. Eventually, he'll get you on a cliff and say, jump. But you get to a place where you're okay with it because I know that I know I know. I can't explain it, but I know he's going to catch me. I wish I could tell you how he does it, but he does it. Right? And it's all about presence. Seek ye first the kingdom. So in first. John 3 and 7, you, you're going to like to read this. Now, John calls it out here. Paul confirms it, and Isaiah prophesies and reveals this religious pushback that everybody's dealing with. But in 1 John 3 and 7, it reads this way, Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. So we know now the devil is the problem, right? Well, let's say this much. The guy in the mirror keeps listening to the devil. The guy in the mirror is my problem. So what are we going to do about this devil that keeps selling us lies? For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil Whoever has been born of God does not sin, 
for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Did y'all read that? If the seed of God's presence takes over in residence in my life, you can't sin. The reason I do stupid is because somewhere I said, mm, I can do it today. I don't need you, Jesus. Now, I wouldn't say that out loud at all, but my actions speak much louder than my words. Is anybody tracking? As long as... As the presence of God has the seat of my heart, his heart, the enemy can't do nothing. And I can't sin because the Lord has charge of his house. So what's going on in Christianity? What's happening in Christianity, our Christian world, if most all the Christians are doing devilish things all the time? And they can't seem to get over oppression. They can't seem to get over depression, anxiety, stress, offense, broken relationships, financial woe, health breakdowns. Is anybody tracking? Why, why is it that most professed believers are battling the devil most of the day instead of hosting God's presence. Because you can't host the presence of God and have the seed of God in my heart and I sin. Or either the guy that was writing under the presence of the Holy Spirit lied to us. In this... You know, being born again might be an important thing, isn't it? Have I been born correctly? Did I hear the right gospel? Would that be true? In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Y'all got to catch this. If sin is coming out of me, and I'm a professed believer, but sin's coming out, he just said, I'm a child of the devil. But I just call myself a child of God. And if I say I'm a child of God, I can only do what's righteous. I cannot sin. So if I'm a professed believer and a follower of Jesus Christ and there's some sin issues, the Lord's letting me know, don't have to be no more. There's a rendezvous that's about to happen that's going to change all that. The only reason there's stuff coming out of me that shouldn't be coming out of me, there was a doctrine and there was a gospel and there was a lie spoken that blocked the empowerment. Amen. Pastor Lowe, you really going there. Yes, I am. John is telling the church that there is a real gospel issue among professing believers. And I'm going to read to you here how Paul qualified what John wrote here. You want to read it with me in 2 Corinthians 11, 2 and 4? He says, you need to know that God's passion is burning inside me for you. Paul is saying, man, I'm, I'm, I'm writing right now, and there's passion burning inside of me right now. 
I've got to get this letter to you. Because like a loving father, I've pledged your hand in marriage to Christ, your true bridegroom. I've also promised that I would present his fiancée to him as a pure virgin bride. But now I'm afraid. Now I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent, serpent's clever lies, your thoughts might be corrupted and you may lose your single-hearted devotion and pure love for Christ. For you seem to gladly tolerate anyone who comes to you preaching a pseudo-Jesus, another Jesus. This is 2,000 years ago. The church just began, y'all. And now Paul is clearly stating, I'm afraid you're going to let the Spirit come in and convince you that he's Jesus. Not the Jesus we have preached. You have accepted a spirit and gospel that is false. 2,000 years ago, church just started, and now there's another gospel. I wonder how many gospels there are today. Rather than the spirit and gospel you, you once embraced, how, how tolerant you have become of these imposters. Now, Pastor Lowe, where are you going to go with that now? I'm glad you asked. And I, it should bring a soberness to all of us here today that our Christian world, God's in love with everybody. He's not okay with anyone that wants to follow him, but they can't because they can't seem to get through the darkness. They can't get, seem to get through the shame. They can't seem to get through, amen, the lust and the pride and the anxiety and the fear. They want to follow him, but they're being blocked. Because as a man or woman thinks in their heart, so are they. What thoughts are we entertaining? What gospel do we believe is the gospel? And if your life is not fulfilled with joy and you're not enjoying peace that passeth all understanding, I'm challenging you today to consider that maybe there may be a glitch in the gospel that you hold in your heart. God is not the author of confusion, y'all. When he comes to his house, he comes to bring hope. He comes to bring joy. He comes to bring peace. He comes to bring contentment. Jesus is not beating up anybody. And the reason most of the Christian world is blaming God and blaming Jesus and blaming, amen, brothers and sisters for all their woes is because of what I just read to you just now. Now, we're going to read Isaiah as God uses Isaiah to tell earthly Jerusalem, amen, Israel and the old about this same spirit. And that same spirit took Jesus and nailed him to a cross. He come as an angel of light. And Israel bought into it and believed it hook, line, and the sinker. And Jesus said, I came to my own, and my own received me not. I came to the house of my friends, and they rejected me. And he wept over Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Drew, how oft I would have gathered thee as a hen doth her but you would not. 
And because of the choice, you didn't choose faith, Jerusalem. Because of the choice you made, your choice brought you to desolation. Amen. And Jesus loves everybody, Jew, Gentile alike. He tore that wall down. There's neither Jew nor Greek. What, what Paul wrote clearly, he tore the wall down. And everybody is invited to be his kids, to be blood-bought, to be adopted in and enjoy the best that he has to offer. So I'm not going to be much longer, but I need, I need to read this to you. And then we're going to revisit the question. Have you ever loved someone and you didn't get a response back? And if the Lord loves us so much, what response is he looking for? You ready? It was prophesied. And that experience shows up 2,000 years ago. Or, yeah. And, and, and 28, Isaiah 28 and 9. Who is it he is trying to teach? Now, God's speaking through Isaiah, and he's showing us something about who he can teach. To whom is he explaining his message? To children weaned from their milk to those just taken from the breast. Y'all need to get this. Didn't Jesus say, unless you become as little children, you can have no part of the kingdom? Didn't he say that? I think we get too grown up for Jesus. We get too smart for him. And we carry too much information, amen, to the table to have a conversation with him, and he can't get through it. Because we're in charge. But if I choose to know that I need him and I repent from being a big guy to being an all-knowing guy, a smart guy, to becoming a child again and I humble myself to him, truth might can get through now and a miracle might can happen. It's called repentance. Amen? Humbling myself, becoming contrite, and submit, 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 submitted, submissive. Bad word in our world, in our culture. He said, who am I going to teach? Who am I going to explain my message to? To children. For it is, this is it right here, y'all, when you're too grown up. Do this. Now, if I'm a child and I'm walking in the Spirit, do this, do that, a rule for th this and a rule for that, a little here and a little there. Okay, you've done that as a child in the spirit. That, that's, that's cool. But his spirit as a child is the only way it can get done. And then he says this, for with a foreign lip, another tongue, and a strange, and strange tongue, stammering lips, God will speak to this people to whom he said, this is the resting place, let the weary rest, and this is the place of repose. But they would not listen. So then, notice this, the word of the Lord to them will become, do this, do that, a rule for this and a rule for that. A little here and a little there, so that they go, so as they go, they will fall backwards 
they will be injured, snared, and captured. Our Christian world is full of do's and don'ts. Do this, do that. Line up on line, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. But if you're spirit-led, you'll be fine. You'll get through it. For with a stammering nip and a nug of tongue shall I speak to this people. This is the rest where we're the weary one shall find rest. And this is the refreshing. I just challenged you with a question at the beginning of this message. If you love someone and you don't get a response back, that's not cool, is it? God so loved the world that he gave. He gave it all. That all that believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, capital L-I-F-E. But making a choice is huge right now because it's going to take faith for you to believe the prophecy in Isaiah 28 is actually what's happening when Jesus comes back to baptize with spirit and with fire. Go take it. Because the only one that God says he can teach is those that are just weaned from the breast. They have to make a choice. You don't know nothing. I need, if I'm, if I'm guilty if I'm full of shame, if I'm offended, if I'm oppressed, if I'm depressed, if I'm possessed, and I need help? Is any of my intelligence worth anything at that point? Do I need to know anything but help Jesus? In that passage, the one that's weary is not Israel. The one that's weary is the Lord. What's he wearied from? I'm loving you, but you won't return a response to me. I'm reaching for you, but you won't reach back. Now, I'm just going to tell you, that girl over there got my attention 41 years ago. I'm so thankful she responded back because that would have hurt my feelings. I know we're laughing, but a truth is about to set us free. Jesus gave it all. We're still trying to figure out, okay, let me make sure I got this now. And he's asking us to be attracted to what he did for us, not worry about what's going to happen next. He gave it all. And we're still, we're still debating over other tongues and unknown tongues and stammering lips. Yeah, we're still debating over that. And Jesus wants you to know that all 120 in the upper room that were filled with spirit and fire, come on, we got to go back to Mount Sinai, right? What was happening on Mount Sinai? Presence and fire. Moses went up. All of Israel was offered to go up, and they wouldn't respond to the love of God. God saying, come up here, I want to talk to you directly. And they wouldn't respond. He just showed them how much he loved them, brought them out of Egypt, gave them all the wealth of Egypt. Their clothes wouldn't wear out. Their shoes wouldn't wear out. He was feeding them with bread every morning. And they responded, oh, no. 
Pastor, you go hear from God. I'll be there Sunday. You can tell me what he said. You tell me if that response is okay with the one that wants this house. And so the same presence and fire that was on Mount Sinai comes to Mount Zion in Acts chapter 2. And those that chose to respond to his love. Now you tell me what demon can handle that. What shame spirit, what hatred can handle that? It can't. When the seed of the spirit remains Lord in his house, you cannot sin. If you're sinning, let me encourage you. We'll get the demon of hate out of you and offense out of you, but we need to deal with that religious spirit that's got you bound. Until we get that lion spirit that hung Jesus on the cross out of your heart, well, that's the way Grandma believed it. Well, that's the way Uncle Joe believed it. That's where your denomination believes it. Paul said, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Just as Eve was suckered in, talking to the bride of Christ, you're going to be pulled in. Presence. Seek ye first the kingdom. Let me tell you something. 3,000 was added on the day of Pentecost. What they didn't see was anyone shake Peter's hand and, and repeat any prayer. They didn't see that. What they saw was spirit and fire. And they wondered, what is going on with this stammering lip and other tongue thing? And Peter said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet, Joel. And Joel is resounding from Isaiah that the one that's weary because he's not getting loved back, he found his place of abode. And Peter's letting him know, the reason you're hearing this other tongue and this stammering lip is the one who is weary, it is at home. The one that loved us finally got loved back. He got a response, an open heart. And none of them could figure it out. They just went by faith. And they hung out by faith. And then there came a sound from heaven like as of a rush. It wasn't a rushing wind. It was like, come on, the presence of God is like a wind. The presence of God is like a fire. And that presence is in the room today. And right now, if you will catch the wind of God and you will agree with him and let him be Lord of your life, we are not going to give any time for the devil no more. Can we all stand? Anybody that has an open heart that decides today I'm taking all my intelligence, my idea of who God is, and I'm going to cast that idea down because God is greater than your idea of him right now. You really don't know God yet. I'm talking to the guy in the mirror. 
I've got a lot of tradition, got a lot of been seen a lot of things from heaven. God's talked to me about, and I still don't know him yet. And what I did that I have of God has got to be cast down. He's bigger than that. And become like a child. That's who I'm going to teach. Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. It's children. They ain't got to figure it out, Major. Huh. I'm just going to host Daddy's presence and hang out with him. But whatever happens, happens. And I have not seen, ear has not heard what God has prepared for them that believe. We're not talking about futuristic things, y'all. The interpretation of that passage is heaven has already come to earth. And he come 2,000 years ago in flesh, and he went back in the clouds, but he come back in spirit and fire. Does anybody want to enjoy the kingdom? The kingdom of God is within you. Is the king there? And if he's not, you don't have to worry about hate, fear, lust, pride, perversion. You ain't got to worry about all those little imps. When Jesus is in his house, he has to go. We just need to get that religious liar, that other Jesus, we got to get him out. Get the other Jesus out, and you won't have a problem with hate no more. You won't have a problem with perversion no more. You won't have a problem with porn no more. You won't have a problem with offense no more. You're not going to have a problem with financial issues no more. You're not, your emotions are not going to lead you around. The presence of God is going to lead you into, into life. Are you catching on to the fact you really don't matter what anybody thinks no more? Enough's enough. Enough is enough. My wife and I are going to be kids again like we've never been for Jesus. We're going to serve our children and our grandchildren on another level. We're going to serve you, amen, as children of God, amen. We're going to show you how wonderful it is to be with Daddy. And the meanwhile, as I'm growing, I get to be honest with you about where God's bringing me out of, amen, and how he's setting me free even more. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Right where you're standing right now, let him come to his house. This is what's going to change the world, y'all. This is what's going to change everything. Amen. There's an explosion right now ready to happen in this room. You can feel it. There's a release ready to happen. Do I believe? Can we lift our hands and surrender today and say, Lord, here I am. Take me. Here I am. I'm just a child. Pick me up. Set my feet on solid ground. Don't it feel good to feel God's presence right now? He's as big as you'll let him be. Anybody want to give, get prayer? Anybody want a miracle? Anybody want Jesus to take over in his house? You can come forward and let God take over. Amen. The greatest deliverance ministry there is, amen, is being filled with the Spirit.
Hallelujah. Some of you being set free right now. He's as big as you'll let him be. Let go and let God. Let go and let God. Guest, if you need to leave, thank you for coming. But we're going to spend time entertaining the presence of God and giving him more room in his house. Not this building, in our hearts. And you're welcome to stay if you want to, but you can be dismissed if you need to go. God bless you richly.